You were given every advantage. Allowed to make mistake after mistake. You can't control yourself. You have no discipline, just brute force. What do you want? I want you to die. Hello and welcome to the Helix Reviews Podcast. My name is David Arrington, bringing you reviews from a Christian geek worldview. And today on the show, we're talking about Jessica Jones Season 3, finally. But as always with these Marvel Netflix series, I'm not here alone. I am here with Josiah Arrington. Say hello, Josiah. Hello, everyone. So this uh, review here is extremely late. Uh, we... We started watching the series back when it came out mid last year sometime and we we started up a regular kind of episode like we do where we uh, watch a few episodes then talk about them and watch a few episodes and then talk about them uh, but then just life got in the way you know it, it didn't work out and now we're here we've seen the whole season we just finished it and so now instead of that we're just gonna do a full season review. Uh, starting off here with a spoiler-free review of Jessica Jones Season 3. So, just right here, right after finishing Season 3, Josiah, overall, what is your thoughts on this season? I enjoyed this season. I think it's probably my favorite of the Jessica Jones seasons. I think the the way they built up the relationships in the first two and then just continued in, into this one, I I thought they did very well at that, and yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. I, I really enjoyed this season. I think uh, the first one's still probably my favorite, just with uh, Purple Man, you know, being probably my favorite mm-hmm. uh, Jessica Jones villain overall, but this, this, this season, it just, it did a great job at... At changing all the characters throughout the the season, you know, from where where the season starts out, you can kind of see maybe where these characters could go, and then it it takes them in all these different directions, you know, from Jessica Jones herself to to Trish to Malcolm, you know, all starting out in in very d- different places, you know, kind of where they ended at season two, and then you know moving into season three and throughout they. They changed a lot. They developed a lot of character. And the the core central kind of mystery around this one uh, and the the villain and all that, I think, is also very well done. You know, very uh, exciting and and it's fun to see this this villainous character here that pops up uh, kind of sparring mentally with Jessica Jones. And I also think this was a pretty good wrap-up to the series as a whole, which, you know, it, it ends in a way where it's like, you know, there there could have been more seasons, much like, I guess, you know, with Daredevil and Punisher. There could have been more seasons where this ends. That said, where it ends, it ends in a solid enough spot that that this is a fine ending for the, the series as a whole. It's It's unfortunate that they couldn't have done the whole thing how, you know, they would have wanted to and finished it how they would have wanted to, but this is a, a solid ending, I think, to Jessica Jones' series. Yeah, they didn't leave all that many loose ends or, yeah. you know, big questions. Yeah, I was worried that there was going to be, like, some big, you know, setup or something for the next season or, you know, something that... But but it never really ended up like that. There was 
it, it pretty much resolved a lot of the stuff that needed to be resolved for this season. Okay, from here, we're going to go into spoiler territory. That was our non-spoiler review. Now we're going to go full-on spoilers for the entire third season and the entire series of Jessica Jones moving forward in this episode. So, uh, the big villain of this season, uh, you, you don't know who it is for maybe the first couple episodes or something, and then you, you figure out who it is. It's this guy, Salinger, who's, you know, no superpowers or anything, just kind of a, a Moriarty-type character, like very, very villainous, but all just using his mind. Very intellectual, is always, you know, three steps ahead, and Jessica Jones is there trying to to figure him out, but he's always, you know, those steps ahead. I think this guy was a really good, good villain, because he, he comes in, he has kind of his mission that he, you know, what he thinks is right, maybe, maybe, you know, what he's, his skewed vision of the world, and he's uh, a serial killer, basically, and just going around killing people. And the, the way he plays with, with these characters, like, he hates superpowered people because he just thinks, oh, these people cheated. They have no right to be where they're at. They're only here because, you know, they just have these special abilities and, you know, it's a, a cheat in his mind. And so, you know, he, he hates people like Jessica Jones and people like Trish in this season. Uh, so... He, the way he kind of plays with Jessica Jones, plays, you know, mind games with her and then with, with Trish later on, I think is, is really well done. And then him always being in charge of the situation, even when Jessica Jones is so much more of a physically, uh, you know, intimidating character because she has all these powers and everything, you know, that, that, you know, she could easily beat him up and all this kind of stuff, but that's, that's not the game that he's playing. And then, then he's just kind of, kind of showing her why she is in the wrong, supposedly, at least you know, in his mind. Yeah, I thought he was a good villain to pair with her because her powers are strength and toughness, and um, you know, and then he he's just uses his intellect. Yeah. Just so, so they're both so different from each other, and they both then approach situations differently. She usually uses brute force where he, you know, plans ahead and engineers the situation to work out the way he wants. Yeah. And so two totally different ways of doing things clashing against each other. Which then forces Jessica Jones to, you know, try to use his strategy against him a little more, try to be a little bit more intellectual in some of the ways that she has to go after him in order to take him down. Yeah, since she's not willing to just kill him outright, it leaves her as her only other option to play his game, to outsmart him. Which is tough because again, like, you know, he's he's this huge intellect. He's he's got, you know, he's got this all planned out way before Jessica Jones and she has to catch up. But she has a tool this season. <laughs> she has a character to help her in, in her fight with this character, with this new villain. Uh, Eric here has superpowers where if he's around a, a bad person, then he gets a headache, you know? And so he, he doesn't feel well if he's around bad people. So he knows who the bad people are. And like, I thought this character was so interesting. Like, I, I really enjoyed this character because 
uh, you know, he has the he has this power that is like obviously designed for doing something good, or you know, he is obviously designed for uh, you know to be a superhero or something, you know. But then he, you know, he's talked about it. He talks about it later on how he he tried to be good with it and it didn't work out. And then he's just like, you know, what? I'm just gonna use this to to blackmail people. So that's how I can, you know, make a living. And then I'm just gonna try to drown this out as much as possible because he he doesn't want to, you know, be involved in that life at all. Uh, and yeah, I, I just found like kind of his uh, confliction of character very interesting because uh, you know then Jessica Jones comes in and Jessica Jones isn't necessarily the hero type, but she's like, hey, you need to help me, you know, with some of this stuff. And then Trish comes in and she's like, hey, you need to you know, sacrifice yourself and all this kind of stuff because of the these powers that you have. And he's constantly resisting against that, but he also, he doesn't want to be the bad guy. And he also, you know, he, he wants to do the right thing, but it's it's a hard thing to do, you know? And so he's just like, nah, he's just really resistant to all that. And I, th- I just think that push and pull with that character, I think, is really interesting. Yeah, I... I think you could tell that he wants to be the hero, like, deep down. Yeah. But because it didn't work out when he failed, he just he just resists. No, that's not it. And plus, it's hard. It's Yeah. So you got the contrast where Jessica Jones, you know, she's not, you know, she doesn't really care to be called a hero. And he's kind of pretending to be that, but deep down, I think he wants it more than she does. And she's kind of pushing through the pain and pushing through the struggle and still being the hero anyway, whereas he, when he met the struggle, was just kind of like, okay, never mind. You know, he, he just kind of relented then. This is a character that I would have liked to have seen where they went with him in a, a future season, you know, because I think, I think there's a lot of potential here for, for more with this character, you know, wherever that may go. And they kind of hinted at something at the end where he met up with uh, Detective. Yeah. And, um, um, yeah, gave, gave the Detective a hint, but then he asked him, what do he do? I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> another character that had an interesting character arc in here, another interesting struggle, is Malcolm. Because at the end of the last season, you say, oh, Malcolm is starting to work for Jerry. Which is like, okay, you know... Even just right there, it's like, okay, that's that could lead to some bad things. And pretty much right off the bat, you see, okay, this is leading to the some bad things. You know, he's kind of the, uh, you know, fixer kind of guy. You know, he, he goes in and fixes the problems no matter what the cost or, you know, whatever, illegally a lot of times. Uh, as opposed to, you know, trying to be the, the straight man, trying to be the good investigator and all this kind of stuff that he wants to be. Just uh, that that conflict, because he had a kind of a falling out with Jessica last season, which carries over, you know, into this season, and so he doesn't want to go back to her really. But he also increasingly does not want to work for Jerry. But then his girlfriend also works for Jerry and is encouraging him to stay there. And just this this big struggle of he wants to do the right thing, but there's all these things pushing him to do the wrong thing to to the point where. You know, he could make an argument that's like, oh, maybe this would be the right thing for me to do. Yeah, one of the things he was talking about was, if I stay here and I get to a high position, then I can make a change. You know, I can, yeah. 
You know, so it's almost like I got to do this bad stuff now, so work my way up to doing the good stuff later. And that was kind of seemed to be one of his uh, arguments to to for what he was doing, one of his justifications. Yeah. Which ultimately never would have worked out. You know, that would make you, you know, it would end you up in a place like Jerry or something. Yeah. And I think he kind of realized that. He realized he was becoming Jerry and he didn't want to be. Yeah. Which uh, actually put him in contrast with his girlfriend because she looked up to Jerry and wanted to become her. Yeah. You know, that was like her goal where when he realized it, it was kind of a wake-up call. Yeah. And then by the time you get to the, the end of the season, he's working with Jessica Jones again. You know, he, he made the decision to, you know, no, I'm not going to work with Jerry anymore. Uh, potentially even, you know, making enemies with Jerry in the process. And then, and then you know, even working with Jessica Jones again. And then at the end when Jessica Jones, like, is willing to, okay, now I'm going to kind of hand off the keys to you. I'm going to hand off the company to you. And he's going to be the one that runs it now. Except she turns back, so probably not. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but But, you know, kind of getting back... Back to the point of trust with Jessica Jones, and uh, and back to the point of of doing doing the investigation, the investigative stuff the right way. Yeah, and even after he went back and was working with Jessica Jones again, even there there was conflict for him because you know he did want to stop these bad guys, and and but he also didn't like what Trish was doing. Yeah. And he just struggled between kind of his loyalty toward her and trying to get her out of it without turning her in, you know, versus should he just turn her in, you know, and kind of that uh, conflict with how to handle that situation. And ultimately, though opposing what she was doing, he wasn't willing to... Well, he was working with Jessica to take her down, but her way. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't willing to work with the police, like, to turn her in or something. Yeah. And we saw new depth to Jerry's character. She finds out she has ALS, and her body's starting to fail in different ways, and um, she realizes she's going to die. And You know, she always portrays power and strength, and and, you know, with her body failing and being... You know, shaking and, and not being able to control her body, she wouldn't be able to keep showing that power and strength that she's used to showing. That was almost as scary as the death to her. That yeah, <laughs> that uh, her image is uh, she wouldn't be able to control her image to others. So immediately she tries to kind of set up her her company in a way that will leave her as a kind of a lasting legacy and part of that being you know to take on superhumans you know take on you know okay jessica jones can't be above the law the the masked vigilante who was trish can't be above the law you know all these people he means defending uh salinger and stuff even though she pretty much knew he was guilty uh defending him because she was like well i'm gonna make this big kind of powerful stand that's gonna be a kind of a long-lasting impact of her and then she was also kind of mentoring uh malcolm 
to be her replacement potentially as a you know kind of to take the mantle i suppose and then you have her ex-girlfriend that she gets back together with but like she's already married and then there's like a whole conflict where she has trish beat him up or something at one point and just like (laughs) well that was that was a guy who was holding up um her girlfriend's um what was that a trust or whatever okay yeah 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 so that wasn't her that wasn't her husband yeah that whole thing is so messy right there you know yeah and when hogarth went to uh trish and basically is like i know who you are i know you've been stealing from me you know but but i'm willing to delete this footage i'm willing to bury that if you um you know if you take care of this guy and get him to admit to this tax evasion and whatever so so that she can do what she wanted and the the way that scene was it almost seemed like that was her stepping out of what she normally did like she's used to defending criminals and she's used to like sidestepping laws and and finding loopholes and you know all that kind of thing but that was a little more just direct outside the law. Yeah. Like, almost just like putting a hit out on someone or something. Yeah, yeah. It just, she she had her way of doing things, but in this case, she was desperate to get what she wanted, and she was willing to just go a step further than she usually did. And ultimately, it didn't work for what she wanted, because she... You know, she loved this, her ex, and uh, ultimately, you know, she wanted to to get that guy off her back so that, you know, she would, ultimately, you know, it's all kind of a concoction to try to get her back. And then that, you know, then there's the whole situation with Trish inside the house and everything, and she's like, you know, oh, you sacrificed yourself for me and all this kind of stuff to show that it's like, okay, there is... There is some, like, you know, more real feelings there than just all the manipulation that, you know, that, that she does. But uh, but then ultimately, because of the, the dark world that Jerry is in, you know, her ex, I don't remember her name, but her ex says, you know, I, I can't be a part of this, so thank you for what you've done, but I'm, I'm not, I'm out, you know. And then, and then you know... Jerry's like, well, that's the last mistake I'm ever going to make. and Which almost seems like a setup for whatever she potentially would have done next season. Yeah, just just to be more ruthless and cutthroat and yeah. just more cold and unfeeling toward everyone. Because, like, the last person that she loved, you know, the last person she really cared for just rejected her. Yeah, and because she did stick her neck out more by sending yeah. Trish... You know, a lot of the stuff she does is, you know, as as morally questionable as it is, she's usually covering her own butt from a legal side of things. Yeah. And that was something where if it got found out, that was something that she probably couldn't cover herself as easily. Yeah. You know, so in a way, she was, she was kind of stepping out of her own castle, her own protection yeah. to do that. 
And then, and it didn't get her what she wanted. And the only reason she did it in the first place is because, you know, she's dying. And so now, now she's dying and that, you know, the only thing she cared about in the world is no longer there. Yeah, it would have just been much more ruthless, yeah, and, and cutthroat, like you were saying later on. Because now, you know, not only is the way she's changed some things up when she was dying, but now it's like... Now it's just all that. That is her legacy now. So probably the biggest focus of this season, even more so in some ways than Salinger, you know, the main villain of the series, is is Trish. Trish's transformation throughout the the season. Because at the end of the last season, she she kills Jessica Jones' mom, and so you know. But then, kind of immediately, immediately is kind of sorrowful and, and and you know apologizes to Jessica Jones and is very I don't know how much necessarily she regrets it, but she uh, you know struggles with that a lot. And then in this season, there goes the the transformation from okay, you know, trying to do it Jessica Jones's way, kind of you know trying to be the good superhero super powered person to figure out all the stuff and then eventually going to okay wait salinger is just going to get away with this anyway you know she killed mom and now i'm just going to start killing the bad guys because that's that's just the way it's got to be kind of moving towards like a punisher kind of mentality yeah it was interesting to see the direction her character went and i really like that that the way she went in this season was actually built up over the previous two seasons. Yeah. And, you know, as she as she changed and became more extreme and just became more, you know, black and white, you know, in her view and stuff, it was like, yeah, you could you could look back and see it's like, oh yeah, that was that was already in her this whole time. And now it's just been you know, with her being enhanced, with with the things that she went through in this season, it just pushed what was already in her, and you've been seeing in her for a while now, to an extreme. Yeah, which is what superhero shows are really good at, at showing, I think, is that as, as you see what these characters believe, and you see what these character, how these characters think, and then you give them a superpower, you give them some big way to express themselves... And then suddenly that blows up so much more and you actually, you know, it, it blows up who they are even more so that you can really see what, who they are and what they're capable of. Yeah, and, and with, with her just, um, you know, taking out these people who think she thinks is evil, there was one point where Jessica Jones was like, but what happens when you kill someone who could be redeemed? who could still turn around, you know, and it's interesting that Jessica Jones, the cynical one, is the one who's yeah. got more faith in people, and and she's got more of the, you know, the black and white, he did something wrong, and he's evil. Yeah. And, you know, and once you're in that evil category, you know, whatever she does to them, in her mind, is justified just because of that. And she makes it very clear that it's just her 
view as to what makes somebody evil enough to be, you know, for her to kill. Because Malcolm's like, you know, like, hey, I did all this stuff, you know, that that's bad. And she's like, well, yeah, you know, maybe you're not great, but you, you're you not bad enough to die. And he's like, well, that's your opinion, but that's not other people's opinion, you know. And so it's like, yeah, she makes it very clear that this is kind of whoever she deems as evil enough is evil enough. There's no real clear line. It's not, you know, it's not murder equals her killing her. It's just however evil they may be, and it's like, oh, that's enough. Yeah, that conversation with Malcolm was really good because it really just showed that there wasn't a definitive line. Yeah. She was just making it up as she went along, and, you know, she was trusting Eric's powers to discern... But also, when when Hogarth told her about uh, the guy yeah. she wanted out, his ma- the main thing she, uh, Hogarth had against him was tax evasion. Yeah, and then she ended up telling you know Trish Ashes, "Is he bad?" And she said, "Yes, he's a monster." And that was enough. She just took someone at their word that this guy was a monster, someone and, that she already doesn't necessarily trust. Yeah, and that was enough for her. Yeah, you know, there's no. You know, uh, due process, of course. There's no evidence. It was just like, yeah, the decision was up to her. She was totally taking it on herself. Yeah, which shows the the fallacy of that that way of thinking and why we do have laws of, you know, due process and um, innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. And just how important those are, because otherwise it is just on a whim. Yeah. Which then can just turn into he said, she said, and like Jessica Jones said, you could end up killing someone that's just innocent yeah. because you just don't know. And I really liked the flashbacks of Trish with her mom yeah. when she was a kid and just how, because you see this extremeness in her and this has always been in her. Um but then you kind of see why that's in her. And and really, you know, because her mom was such a um, strong, you know, even overbearing presence in her life. Yeah. That, that very much shaped the way she was. And her mom would just push her hard into whatever her mom thought she should do. You know, and so... So that's why when she has an idea of what she should do, she pushes hard into it. And just, but but the really, th- the thing I liked a lot about uh, those flashbacks was um, just her mom saying, you know, you got this gift, so you're obligated to share with the world, you know, about her ability to act. And, um, and you just, and you saw that with, with, she pushed her daughter to, to act with her gifts. But also at the funeral, when you see all the people talking about her mother, you know, you could tell that, that she didn't just do it with Trish. It was probably concentrated with Trish, but a lot of people, she pushed them. Oh, you got a talent in this area? Use yeah. it. You know, use what you got. Use your abilities. You know, you know, do something for the world with what you got, your talents. And so, because that was... You know, her mother did that with everyone around her, it sounded like, but especially focused in on Trish, really pushing her. Yeah. So then, 
when she thinks that this is her new gift. These abilities, being able to stop bad guys, that's her gift. She took that mindset that her mother drilled into her from a little girl that you have this gift, you owe it to the world. And that's that's what was driving her. And even to the point of, of breaking the rules, because in, you know, when when she's going to, to audition for this play, you know, they cut in line in front of everybody else. They said, Oh, it has to be a you know, a blonde person and they dye the hair a different color and all this kind of stuff that kinda goes against the the rules of what was supposed to happen at this audition but you know but it was it pushed it enough that it worked right so then she you know will go outside the law in ways where she'll push it enough that it it works supposedly where you know now she's she's eliminating the bad guys yeah even even that part of her came from her mother and her influence yeah and you always seen how kind of overbearing her mother was throughout the the series, but yeah, when you see it, when when she's like twelve years old or however old you know she is, and those flashbacks, it's like, ugh, man, that's that's rough. And I think they did a they did a real good job of showing how rough the mother was and how much she pushed them and how hard it was to be around her and to like her and to you know. But but then also, when she died, you know, the there was still pain there. It was, you know, and that's how it would be. Even yeah. even in a hard situation with a hard mother, who even even you know even after they were adults, it was difficult to be around her and stuff. But still, she was her mother, and she was the one. You know, there there still was the good and the mothering there too. And so I thought they did a good job of showing how how their their relationship was always strained and hard and stuff, but then also it was still a loss. They still lost their mother and how hard yeah. that was, especially on Trish. Yeah. And I think, you know, at that point where when when her mother was killed, it almost was like the things her mother's influence on her doubled down and became even stronger from that point on. Yeah. You yeah, cuz it was after that is when she started killing people and stuff. And it was yeah, she had the the speech at the funeral about about using what your talents, you know, and stuff and it, and that really seemed to be yeah, she took it up to the next level from that point on. I think it was very thought-provoking how how at the end of the season it shifted from instead of Jessica Jones trying to you know and her team trying to stop a bad guy save people from this psychopathic murder it became Jessica Jones trying to save her sister from going into this dark place in her life that she wouldn't be able to come back out of just kind of the way that provoked thoughts about you know what is more important and how how do you weigh these things you know you know with Trish crossing this line because because both Trish and Jessica wanted Salinger dead yeah I mean if someone you know murdered him in horrific fashion none of them would have felt any sorrow at all yeah but Jessica didn't want it to be Trish that did it yeah because she knew that would be a step down a path that she would not be able to come back from and not be able to recover from that the darkness that she would have given herself into. And so she was 
even willing to protect this man who did so much to her, her personally and her family that, that, uh, to, but to save Trish from that outcome. Yeah, I thought that was, that was really well done. And her, like her having to, to protect Salinger, uh, you know, despite him doing all this and like that, you can tell that, you know, that caused Jessica Jones pain just to, you know, have to help this character. But then ultimately it was because, uh, yeah, because she was trying to, to save her sister's soul as opposed to, you know, put putting him away, which made for a very interesting ending. And then once you get that that last episode, and you know they put him in jail, and it, it seem everything seems to be wrapping up, and you know I'm going okay, wait, there's one more episode. What's what's going on here? And then you know then she comes in and she, Tr- Trish kills Salinger, and that's the end of that episode. And it's like okay, now she just crossed that line. Now the next episode there has to be some kind of confrontation between Jessica and Trish. Which which actually concluded very well. I was afraid that it was going to be some kind of setup for next season, but it actually it concluded really well, and ultimately Trish is probably going off to the raft. It seemed like that. So Trish took that extra step. You know, she she crossed that line. She still thought she was right, and um, so Jessica Jones. Um, Gets her handed over, you know, subdues her, hands her over to the police, and the police officer, you know, read the list of charges against her and asked her, "Do you understand?" And you know, she was just kind of sitting there, like you know, you could tell her, just overcome by emotion and stuff. And and he kept asking her, you know, "Do you understand?" And finally, she's like, "Yeah, I'm the bad guy." Yeah, because it was it. It almost was like hearing those charges read was like that's sounded like someone that she would go after. Yeah, that sounded like someone that she like the people she was beating to death. Yeah, and then she realized, oh, I I am that person. I'm I'm one of the person people I would be going after. You know, I am the bad guy. At first, it was like a passion to do what's right, you know, to help the world and save the world and use our talents in that way. And she just let it consume her till she became what she hated. Because she kept stepping out of the line, stepping out of the law, and, and you know, like, like her mother taught her. And so I think that was the difference between her and Jessica Jones. Though Jessica Jones was... is willing to break the rules sometimes she she has more firm boundaries that she doesn't cross yeah and then and trish was willing to cross them and i think if she had been doing her superhero stuff but she had you know she had done it more as jessica does it and and uh, just bringing people to the justice system instead of dealing out the punishment herself, I think she could have, like, kept being the hero longer. But because of the way she did it and the, and the length to which she pushed it, she crossed that line and she became the bad guy. And then that I, that was just a great scene where she realized that she was the bad guy. And you, you could kind of see that she was kind of at, at peace to a certain extent with going to 
you know, to go into the raft or being, you know, taken away and all that kind of stuff because she realized, oh, now, now I'm the bad guy, so now I'm supposed to be the one being punished. Yeah, because before she was excusing what she did. It was like, yeah. well, the police aren't going to stop this guy. No one else is going to stop this guy. I have to. You know, and she was justifying it. I'm making the world a better place. I'm saving all the potential victims that they would have had in the future. You know, and she was she was justifying it and excusing it and stuff. But then, at that point, you know, and, and she would say Jessica just isn't able to do this. She, she doesn't have the heart for it. You know, this is something she can't do. I have to do. But then she realized, you know, when, when she realized she was in the wrong, yeah, you're right. She kind of was like, okay, then I deserve this. She wasn't excusing her actions anymore. Because kind of what, what she was doing what you're describing is, to a certain extent, what the first guy she beat to death was doing. Because he only killed uh, drug dealers. And, but, you know, there were, there was like kid drug dealers and then he would steal their money. And, you know, so there, there's, you know, some, some darker stuff there, but still he's, he's only killing the bad guys. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when she's kind of, t- yeah, again, turning into what she hates the most and she's kind of doing what that first person she beat to death was doing. And there was even a progression, like... So with that, with that, when she went to the policeman, she didn't mean to kill him. She yeah. she hit him and he fell, and, you know, cracked his head or or whatever, and and it was an accidental killing. But she she was roughing up. She was guilty, but she didn't do it on purpose. Yeah. The second guy, she didn't go in there with the intent to kill him, but she let her emotions run wild and ended up killing him. But then with Salinger, that was fully the intent yeah um so it it definitely did progress quickly and i was almost wondering there was the one episode where i had a lot of flashbacks to both the long time past but also just previously in the season different things i was wondering if eric was gonna be on her side too because you know when she killed the one policeman and he's like has this uh, you know the the relief that comes off of him and all this kind of stuff. As uh, that that made me wonder if he was going to be a part of that too, because it's like oh, okay now it's just going to be those two going around killing people now or something, um, which didn't turn out that way. Because he even though you know he said it felt like the world's a better place now or whatever, he's he still could look at it more logically and say no, what we did was wrong. Because in his yeah in his mind he wasn't justifying it like she was and he wasn't yeah you know his his mind wasn't as such a clear-cut black and white right and wrong you know that he could just label them evil and and move on like like trish was able to at that point which i guess was kind of his his mindset the whole time because he never excused his blackmail like you know the stuff that he was doing wrong Mm -hmm. since the beginning of the season and all this kind of stuff like, he never excused that. Like, I think he always kind of admitted, okay, that's wrong, but that's what my ability allows me to do, so I'm just going to do it because that's the easier way out than, uh, you know, than trying, trying to, to take hero. people down, trying to be a hero, yeah. And on one final note, uh, had Luke Cage shows up at the end of this season. The, the final episode, he just shows up for a bit, talks to Jessica Jones about... Uh, about some of the stuff that he did in season two of his show, and uh, 
and just kind of saying, you know, oh, wait, the, you know, sometimes you got to do the hard thing and put away, you know, somebody that you you love or, or turn somebody that you love in because ultimately that that's the right thing to do kind of thing, uh, which... Uh, you know the the scene is is kind of out of nowhere to a certain extent, but it was cool to have Luke Cage one final time. That's technically his last appearance in the MCU, and pr- probably ever. You know, and uh, and he has the the suit on, and he says you know he's in a new profession and all this kind of stuff like uh, like he was at the end of Luke Cage season two, and he says like oh uh, if I get too out of bounds or whatever i hope somebody like you comes and takes me down you know and so again hinting at what the potential of a season three of luke cage could have been um just yeah it's it's really cool to see him here it's also like <laughs> once again hammers the oh man it stinks that it was canceled <laughs> yeah because it it really like like what he did for the story you know it it, it pushed her to do to, to work with the police and turn Trish to the police. But really, they didn't need him to do that in the yeah. story. They could have easily done it another way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was cool to see him in there. And yeah, just get that, that kind of that tease toward the season three we'll never get. Yeah. <laughs> of Luke Cage. This really makes me wish that they just, they did a Defenders movie that would just wrap up any storylines they needed to at the end. You know, like, you could have Luke Cage be the reason they all have to come together, and then you have Danny Rand coming back from figuring out about some of his past and stuff and his glowing guns and stuff. You know, like, you could just wrap up some of this stuff that that they left hanging and then end it in a little bit more better of a place, you know, because it's kind of a bummer that all these shows were canceled. But it was a good run, and I enjoyed all of the uh, Marvel Netflix series. Yeah, yeah, like, out of this out of this whole Marvel Netflix venture, you know, has come some of my favorite shows, including Daredevil, which is probably my favorite show of all time, just... Absolutely love Daredevil. And then, you know, Jessica Jones' hair, it's fantastic. Luke Cage is so much fun. And even Iron Fist, which is, you know, the weakest of the bunch, uh, still has some things I really like in it. And the season two improved, you know, upon that season one and and had so much potential for the future. And it's just, yeah, I... This, this was a really cool venture, you know, into the a different side of the Marvel Universe and I hope what they're doing with the, the Disney Plus stuff is a a different version of, you know, not this, obviously. It's not going to be this dark, brooding thing that, that is this. But, you know, a, a different, interesting venture into the Marvel Universe. So, Josiah, any final closing thoughts here for Jessica Jones Season 3 or the hmm. Netflix series as a whole? Yeah, so for Jessica Jones, my favorite part of the entire series is just the focus on the characters and interactions between the characters. You know, the, the just the relationship between Jessica and Trish and between them and their mother or between them and, you know, just the, just the different characters in this series. And really, I think how the characters interacted with each other is just what made Jessica Jones 
the whole series, I mean, all three seasons, so good. And I'm glad they kept that up, and I'm glad that each season built on the last. It yeah. wasn't, okay, new season, start, start fresh. Each season built on the last, so in a way, when you get to season three... They're building on stuff from season two and season one, so it almost felt richer in that way. Yeah. Because you had more history between these characters so that their interactions between each other meant more to you. That that was my favorite part of the series, and I'm glad they they put that much focus there and really built the characters up so that you could feel the tension in those interactions. And um, I just think they did that very well. And... That's something you don't always see in a lot of series. and Yeah. This had the potential to be like that. Every season you get a new bad guy because she's a detective, finds a new bad guy or whatever. And you could have very much just had kind of that bad guy of the season kind of thing. But even all the way to the very end when you have the, the little purple light shines on her and the voice talking that's uh, David Tennant who was the purple man... It's like, you know, kind of bringing you all the way back to the beginning and still, you know, like you're saying, just tying all these things together and and just weaving this one big narrative through the whole thing more so than separate seasons or separate episodes or anything like that. Yeah, extremely well done. So I enjoyed that and, and the whole Netflix things. I think, though, <laughs> though it did have some... Uh... You know, not all the threads were tied up, you know, especially, I think, of Luke Cage. Yeah. That's that's the <laughs> biggest uh, uh, thing left hanging. But a lot of the other series ended well, and it just kind of seems that, uh, you know, it, it, it did what it set out to do. You know, it, it did this characters that built them up. They interacted with each other. They had their team up. You know, so it didn't seem like too much that it got cut short. Yeah. Except for Luke Cage to <laughs> me. But, uh, so I, th- I think it was a good run, and I'm I'm very pleased with, with all of it, and and glad to, uh, glad that that all happened. Yeah, yeah. It's the kind of thing where it's, you know, it's not disappointing that you watched it because there was some things left over. It's like, it's still a very fun, a very satisfying watch despite there could there being you know some things that could have been tied up a little bit better and maybe some shows that could have been you know a little bit better in their first season (laughs) 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 i also like the way that you could tell it was happening you know in the same universe as the uh the movies but they weren't necessarily strongly tied to the movies you know they would you would hear them talk about things that were talked about in the movies and so you could tell that yeah this is this is the same world so it's building into the same world but i heard some people say well you know then then why are why didn't you see iron man well yeah you know just because (laughs) Well, this person lives in New York, and that person lives in New York. Doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be interacting. You yeah, know? yeah. The world's a big place, and you know, so there's there's going to be, you know, people who who don't really interact, and because most of these characters are more street level. Yeah. Well, you do you do have Danny Rand as as the head of a big company. Yeah. So that would maybe be more on. You know, Tony he, Stark's he could, level, but he yeah. acted, you know, but he acted more street level. He was out on the streets, you know. 
So, so it made sense that they weren't rubbing shoulders with Iron Man and Captain America, you know, yeah. and they could be in the same city without necessarily being connected. And I think some of that disconnect made people think, no, these are two different things. But I like how they did tie them together and weave those threads back and forth from the movies to the shows. Yeah. And I think that added some depth to both the movies and the shows without them having to be all that connected. Yeah. I just wish that they were in the background somewhere in the big fight in Endgame, you know? That would have been awesome. Like, that's that's really what I want to Because it's like they squeezed, like, everybody and their mother in there. But then somehow they missed. You know, it's like they could have just had them running by and not had to explain to anybody who didn't watch the Netflix shows and it would have been fine because there was so many people. <laughs> yeah. That would have been, like, the ultimate tie-in. Yes, that would have been awesome. All right, so that about wraps up our, our talks here on Jessica Jones Season 3 and all of the Marvel Netflix shows. Uh, it's It's been fun. Uh, I hope to continue this when the uh, Disney Plus Marvel shows start coming out. There should be coming up uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon and also the WandaVision series, I think, are the first ones that are supposed to be coming up from that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I look forward to those. I hope to, you know, talk with you on here again for those and kind of continue this tradition uh, with those Marvel shows. Sounds fun. So that's all for this time. This is David Arrington. And Josiah Arrington. Of the Helix Reviews Podcast, signing off. Bye-bye, guys. <laughs>